Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Hello and a good Saturday to everyone. Welcome back to Spiritual Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ima Sumak-Watkins, and I'm really happy that you guys came back. And if you're new, welcome. I welcome you here, and I hope you keep coming back. I have, and I, I want to say hello to everybody across the country who's been sending me your emails, and thank you so much for your interest and letting me know that you're listening. I like hearing from you, so please, you know, Keep emailing me and suggest things that you'd like to hear. I'm always open to them, and I'll try to get people on. So anyway, so now let's get to our guest because um, it's a really interesting um, guest that I have. Her name is Teresa McGarry, and she's an author and poet, and she has a book out, and it's called The Clairvoyant's Daughter. And I was going to read her bio, but I really wanted her to tell us about who she is. But I want to just give you a couple of of, um, paragraphs from her book, The Clairvoyant's Daughter. And first, but I just want to say, hi, Teresa, how are you? Hi, um, I'm I'm great. I'm excited to be here, and um, I feel privileged. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just going to read a couple of, of, of um, paragraphs from the book because it's really well done. And then I'd like for you to, to tell us a little bit more about you. So the, the clairvoyant's daughter, I'm just going to give you some excerpts here. How do you tell if it's a monster then? She asked him concerned. He smiled and touched the fingertip of the center of her forehead. And you'll see something wrong here, and you'll feel it here. As he touched the the finger to her chest above her heart, you have a special kind of sight, Diane. You get it from me. Diane was thrilled and smiled up at her father. I do? Yes, he said, and leaned down closer to whisper, but it's a secret, and you mustn't tell anyone unless you know the absolute that you can trust them. It was it it has been fifteen years since her mom and dad and stepdad were killed in a car accident on the Rivers Bridge Road and Diane saved herself and her injured sister. Fifteen years since she heard a man's laugh while her parents died. A man she knew was a monster. And I'm just gonna leave it right there because it's a really <laughs> fascinating story. Hi, <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say before we get started, Teresa's one of my one of my favorite people, uh librarians, okay? Librarians are one of my favorite people and also libraries. And I had this really long conversation with her about how much I love libraries. So please, now I'm going to give it over to you. Please tell us a little bit more about you. All right. Um, As I I explained a little bit in the bio, I have been writing stories since I was 11, but I was making up characters Uh, before that. I would use, popsicle sticks, um, pipe cleaners, uh, paper and tape from the time, at least 
I was eight that I remember. Um, so it has, being a storyteller has always been a part of my life. And I knew when I started writing that that was what I was going to do. There was never any any doubt in my mind, even though I, you know, I dreamed about like, you know, being a pilot on a starship and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> you know, um, the usual. It's not, it, it's not too late, you know, because it's going that direction. <laughs> um, so well, how did you well, get into the library? Well, I always, I worked in libraries in school and I loved books. I loved reading. My mother was a voracious reader and she had books around, uh, um, which I read probably all of them. I think I read everything in my fiction in my junior high library as well. And um, then uh, when I moved to Austin, um, well, I, and I, did, I did work also in college. I did. I was like a, a research assistant one summer and I literally had to find all the libraries on campus, which was a task in itself. But when I came to Austin, I wanted to work at UT, and it took a while, but I finally got on part-time as part of a special project. From, to um, We're digitizing, like, old newspapers, and which – you think about it because they are literally crumbling, right? But they wanted to get that information. They wanted to save it. And mm-hmm. it was the, the special scanners and the whole thing. And then I eventually um, was hired on for two part-time jobs and then finally a full-time job. And I was there for over 11 years. Um, and I left. Um, that was when my husband was sick and I needed a more flexible schedule. So, um and then I went to work for Austin Public, and I was there for almost 16 years. So most of my adult life has been in libraries of one kind or another. So when did and I know you you said you started uh, writing early, but when was your first published? What was your well? When did you, what did you publish first? I know you're a poet as well. Yes. Oh, I well I published poetry throughout school, like. My first was like in fourth grade and then junior high and high school, college, I, which I got paid for, by the way, um, which was nice. Um, but my, I sold a couple of um, science fiction stories in my late 20s, early 30s, hard to remember. Um, and that was pretty cool. That was quite a while ago, I was a finalist in the Writers of the Future contest, and I made a short list for Writer's Digest. Um, I just, I've always been writing. Uh, it mm-hmm. just, life itself has been kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but um, Claire, the Clairvoyance Daughter is the first published book. Mm-hmm. And I, I originally wrote the story it was kind of a challenge to myself because I normally write science fiction and it was supposed to be mm-hmm. a straightforward romance. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I didn't no, get it's not. any kind of notification from the contest people, um, which in retrospect is not surprising. But uh, whoa, whoa. It, I thought it was a pretty good story. How would you describe the clairvoyant's daughter? Because there's some really it's a really good mix here 
What do you, what, what uh, would you say? It's a, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Uh, I think I would describe it as a story about healing mm-hmm. because um, the main character um, has come from, uh, <clears throat> she was molested as a child mm-hmm. by her stepfather and she's always been psychic, which people don't know. Um, as mm-hmm. you're reading the book, they don't know that she's psychic. And um, so it that has stunted her sort of her social growth and her growth mm-hmm. as a as a woman. As um, but there's also, I mean, her sister who was with her at the time of the accident. You know. She seems really confident and whatnot, but she also has um, growth as a, yes, as a and, person. And, and, and I want to talk about that relationship. Between, and I don't want to give the mm-hmm. book away because I want people to go out and, and, and get this. And it's on Amazon, mm-hmm. by the way, everybody. And there's an ebook version and then there's a, a soft cover. So everybody, it's a, but mm-hmm. it's a really well done. And it's a relationship as well. You know, it's a relationship between these two sisters, as yes. well. And and it, mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. has really great because there's it's a thriller. There's a serial mm-hmm. killer involved. I mean, it's really it's it, you know it's it's full and it's packed and it you know you just you keep wanting to read more. It really is because it it's a twist and turn, and um and you kind of know what's going to happen but yet not. So it's really well done. So what what made you want to tell me about how was this sister relationship? How did that come about with you? I you know, I most of the time when I'm writing, I don't have a whole lot consciously in my mind. I just mm-hmm. sit and I start writing. And I'm fortunate, I think in that as a writer. And I very Soon as I start, we'll know obviously how it begins, and I usually know exactly how it's going to end. And then what I do is I write uh, scenes and and things. I, I have sisters. I have quite a few sisters actually, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's complicated. But um, and I know my my mother obviously had sisters, and <clears throat> my dad, and so I'm. The sister dynamic is one that's very important to me because, mm-hmm. uh, as you, if you've read the dedication, I also talk about sisters of the heart because I also mm-hmm. have those kinds of sisters. Um, and so it's the idea that there's a. I wanted it to feel real, you know, that sometimes things are tense between them, but that mm-hmm. when things get tough, they are there for each other because that is the normal that I understand mm-hmm. as a sibling. Because, <clears throat> like I said, I have a lot of siblings one way or another. Um, but I it, I think about readers' reactions to them, mm-hmm. that we have this very shy sister and one that is um, very confident, or at least comes off as very confident, um, it's, and she's proud of her, but it's not something that they, they Talk show. About. That mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, uh, the the book is is um, it's a nice, it's a it's a good page turner because you're right, it is about healing and it's about mm-hmm. you know um, trauma and you know how do you, how do you get from from A to B about you know your own mm-hmm. healing, but it's also uh, it talks about the clairvoyancy and, and I want to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit because. Because um, what happens a lot of times is, you know, there's children. Uh, I think a little, it's a little bit more accepted now, you know, currently. Oh yeah. But, but you know, when children are are open psychically because they are because when they come in, that's mm-hmm. how they are. Uh, but as, right. you know, as, as you start to grow older, you know, limits are put on you and programming is put on you. So a lot of times people, they just don't want to, you know, show it. But not now, I mean, now everybody's kind of pretty open and they accept children to have that and to, it's okay for you to have an imaginary, you know, you know, playmate mm-hmm. and all of that. So it's it's a little bit more open, but tell me more about this clairvoyancy because you wrote, you wrote it pretty well and how the interaction of, you know, of this, of, you know, of the two sisters plus this man who starts to come into town, which the sister starts to pick up on. Um, Mm -hmm. Is this something that, is it a personal experience of you, of you feeling that you're psychic or, you know, where did this come from? Because I know you said you started off doing, wanting to do a romance, but it just channeled it this way. So it's a really. I, well, I expect that everyone is at least a a little psychic and Mm -hmm. um, I have some, I guess, psychic skills. Yep. Uh, I, I, palmistry from the time I was fairly young, I remember asking my mother to buy me one of those little things, those little books that they have at the checkout counters. I asked her if she'd get that for me about palmistry, and I've studied it quite a bit. And um, I used to do it for free. I worked as a, as a cocktail waitress, uh, earning money to go back to college. And it got to be kind of a thing. People would come in <laughs> and ask me to read their palm. And um, occasionally it would get a little awkward, like the night that um, there were two couples sitting at a table and they asked me to read their palms. And I said, it looks like there's an affair in there. And <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> the, the, you know, the husband and wife of the opposite couples were having an affair. And so that was a little strange. Um but so, yeah, so I did palmistry and tarot, like I said, in college, I was doing it for free. And then my business ma- uh, major friend said, oh, no, you don't have any money. You should earn, you know, people will pay to, to do this. And, and they did. It was uh, interesting to me because, um, like I said, I was doing it for free. But you have to be careful because um, people are very susceptible to mm-hmm. any kind of suggestion and mm-hmm. so to stay positive about it and still be honest because I tend to be honest <laughs> and speak before I am always thinking and so I I had to be very very careful because it's not it's not good to be 
suggesting things like, oh, you should be careful crossing the street or something. And then they get Mm -hmm. paranoid. So that was, um, so yeah, as a little bit, I think it runs in the family. My mother was a little bit like that. We used to, she would call me going, are you like, okay? I said, yeah, I had kind of a bad day. So always a little bit. And probably, you know, a few hundred years ago, I'd have been burned at the stake, but (laughs) 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 yeah, probably not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, it, and it's funny because the, you know, the clairvoyancy and all of this has been actually tested so many times in different governments around the world. And it's been going on for years and it's been a secret Um, and, you know, I mean, it's just, it happens. It's happening right now. I mean, there's government psychically, uh you know, looking at each other and, you know, all this, you know, where they, I always try, I always forget the name of it where everybody goes and they, you know, through the mind, they go visit everybody's brain and all of that. And it's, you know, it's, it's going on, you know, and even though people don't want to, yeah, yeah, even though people don't want to believe it, it had, it is happening and there's governments going at each other. So it's just, it's just a funny thing how it all happens, but you you did really well in, in describing a lot of this and about being clairvoyant and all of that, which I thought was really good and how the whole dynamics of spirit and all of that. So it was really nicely, mm-hmm. nicely done. So what, so what is it that you, um, what is it that you're doing now? I mean, the book is good. You know, I really encourage everybody to go out there and pick up, you know, to go to Amazon and check it out because it's really well done. So what did you want to do from here? Well, um, I just wrote um, about 72,000 words on a new novel, which I have a, a list of things that I'm working on. The next one is... is um, going to be in the science fiction genre uh-huh. but it is um, uh, the, there are a, um, a group of people you know they're like out you know it's colonies of from earth have gone out and they have broken away from earth and they want to have more colonies um, but they know that the percentages of these people uh, their survival is pretty low, so they they don't believe that people should be genetically altered. Uh-huh. Um, but they do it one time, uh-huh. and they create these people on these planets so that they will survive. That they'll be able. To, the one group is, is able to draw sustenance from light itself, uh-huh. and the uh-huh. others from earth. You know the the things that we we associate with. Um, psychic things now or um, uh, pagan sort of things um, are are used scientifically to help these people mm-hmm. survive. Mm-hmm. And then there are repercussions to that um, mm-hmm. within a society of people who don't believe that it, it is a good thing, even though they, they help these people begin. And it is... Um, the the one of the all-time questions that is in science fiction or speculative fiction what does it mean to be human is mm. it okay to do a lot of cybernetic things 
um, genetic alteration, but what is it that actually defines us in our that's humanity? Human. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's a question that I have been exploring pretty much all my life. Um, what makes the, the question of us and them is one that I struggle with because I don't get it. <laughs> I, just, I don't <laughs> understand the them thing. Um, and so I keep putting out this, this theme of, no, what connects us is more important than, than what is different about us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you like, you, it is about connection. Humans yes, want to be connected. They want to be connected, and, and and if they're not connected to something, they, you know, it it doesn't. They don't thrive, and that's why a lot of people connect themselves with pets. You know, yes. With with animals, with because animals are just there. There is no judgment. There's no, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just straight up, you know, love, and there is no. It's very mm-hmm. simple, and so. Uh, there's a lot of humans who, you know, who have, who have challenges with other humans. And so when they connect with animals, it's like they start to learn about love and kindness and um, it's safe. Yes. It's safe for them, especially going back to people who've had trauma of say, um, you know, molestation or physical abuse or all those mm-hmm. kinds of abuse where, you know, you uh, you get withdrawn and you're isolate in an introvert. Animals are a great therapy because they because it's very, they're very safe and it's very simple and there is mm-hmm. no they just accept you. They see your spirit and that's it. There is no you know no judgment about you look bad today. You know, I'm in a bad mood today. <laughs> you know, the animals are just, they're just there. You know, they're in their own mm-hmm. dimension. And if you tune into them, you know, that's why there's so much, it's therapy for a lot of people. So yes. to go back to it, it's, yeah, connection. And especially people who have had a lot of trauma, connection is, is really important. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, so this yes, is a yes. novel that you now remember when we first spoke. You said that you were very much a Star Trek um, fan. Very much, yeah, big Trekkie now, fan. And so, the science fiction. Did you read? You know, like uh, Roddenberry and all those other guys oh, yeah. who. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm Dune, one of my favorite books. Hyperion. Yeah. Um, so all and. Heinlein, obviously, and Asimov, all those. Um, C.J. Cherry, um, and I know a number of science fiction writers because I was in a science fiction writers group, and of course they also mm-hmm. write fantasy. Um, uh, so Elizabeth Moon, who lives close by, um, I we used to exchange snail mail letters, um, and she was there at the beginning of my science fiction writers group, which I don't attend the meetings and stuff anymore. Um, but mm-hmm. it was, it was good to be connected as I, I write <clears throat> in the thing. It's writing is by its definition solitary, but so many people contribute, you know, their emotional support or their, their um, expert information um and sometimes i just 
ask my guy friends and my brothers, okay, so you're a guy. How would you face this particular situation? <laughs> and it's usually yeah, no, eliminating. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I understand, yes. So so what do you it's, think about all this coming up? Like with what's your thoughts about, you know, like Tesla's rockets and even um, – the owner of Virgin, he's got his own. He he started way before Tesla. He had his there's mm. out in California City. There's a whole landing strip for his uh, rockets and all of that. So he started like maybe 25 years ago. He already did, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think about all this? What what, what what's your I thought? I think it's great. I I think it's great. I'm um, <clears throat> uh, like I said, uh, the Trekkie from you know way back, and mm-hmm. I've watched. Literally every episode of Star Trek, except the animated series. I'm sorry, I haven't watched those. Um, but I, the innovation and what science can do for us is always been something that is, I think, optimistic. It helps keep us optimistic as a society, um, mm-hmm. and I think. But yeah. um, to, to keep going, yeah, to keep exploring. I am curious about so many things. I just uh, knowledge in itself is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we use it to help ourselves and each other, I think this is great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the um, science and, say, sixth sense ability, clairvoyancy, let's just say, mm-hmm. clairvoyancy, mm-hmm. you know, there's a really thin line because there's a lot of times yeah. scientists, channel and they don't they look at it as science but they're being guided a lot of the times and of course they'll never admit that but um so i think there is there's like this really thin line there is especially the ones who are the who are creating or you know who are inventing things and creating and all of that and it's just it does take brain work and it Mm -hmm. does take you know, for you to be a scientist and research and all of that. But there's this thin line that lies between this world of dimension, you know, these dimensions and also science. So what are your thoughts about that? I, when I started reading the Tao of Physics, Uh I literally like read a paragraph and go, wow. And just (laughs) have to sort of absorb it. But the more that we get into the smaller particle physics into quantum mechanics, the closer we get to the whole idea of, of Zen, it, the, the knowledge, the, the world, that teensy world gets to the point where it's invisible, but the vibrational things that they're talking about are the same. You know, mm-hmm. the unseen world that, that people who are into the more esoteric or the Eastern type of religions or even mysticism find themselves literally on the same page with the people who are discussing these theoretical physics. I agree. And it is fascinating to me that I agree. it's finally come to the same place. Yes, I and yeah, really well put because I've, this is something that I've been um, – trying to describe to people um mm-hmm. and i've been doing what i do for a very long time and i keep learning mm. I, I just you know i'm, I'm a very curious mm. especially when it comes to energy and 
all of the works about energy and the the science right. and the clairvoyancy of, of it all and all the dimensional going in and out of dimensions and all of that. So it's very, uh, I just, I keep learning and it's for me and I've always wanted, you said it, you, it was well, you did a really good job of putting it together because I've been wanting to say the same thing to a lot of people that it's that we're on the same page. It's just that we're in a different, our, our feet are in a different space, but we're thinking the same thing. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, but we're um, just thinking it differently. They're thinking it more uh, mental and, you know, uh, analyzing. And, empirical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. And I and and people like myself, we just look at it and we know it. You know, does that make sense? Yes. It's it, it's we see yes. it and we know it. So it's it's a very it's it's fascinating and I love it and I love speaking to a lot of scientists because we're kind of on the same page but it's it just fun mm-hmm. to talk to. Now I sent you a and I want oh, I'd like to get your uh, take on. I sent you a uh, a link to a show that mm-hmm. Donna Lyons, who's the owner of the who's the head of our network, and I do a show called right. The Mind Twist, and yeah. I sent you. I sent you this link with Barbara Lamb, who is a mm-hmm. regressionist, and she does amazing work, amazing work with a lot of people who have been abducted or just people who just need to, you know, uh, do with trauma and all of that. So tell me what you think about that since we're in the science fiction and all of this. What do I <clears throat> yeah, so tell me, tell I, me your, tell me, tell me your, your, your take on Barbara Lamb and that interview, because I believe a lot of everything that that she said. I, you know, I, um, I know that something is happening. There is no doubt in my mind about that. I don't know exactly what it is, um, but I am. My tendency is to give people the benefit of the doubt to believe them, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so I, she sounds incredibly sincere and honest, and I believe her. There is, there is just, there is no doubt that there is something happening. It is, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of that, mm-hmm. um, at least not that I know of. Um, I do, I did work with someone who believed that she had been abducted, ugh, abducted mm-hmm. but uh-huh. um I that all I had was her word, and um, so I don't know enough about it. I haven't examined the evidence myself that closely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But knowing what I do know um, through my own research and um, reading uh, into dimensional um, things and parallel universes and whatnot, it is certainly possible. Everything mm-hmm. is possible um, mm-hmm. in terms of moving from one place to another, w- whether it's with faster than light travel or through hyper dimensions. However, we do it, there is no doubt in my mind that it can happen and possibly is happening. Mm-hmm. And and just and just for everybody out there to know, Barbara Lamb, which was on. A show called The Mind Twist, which is on this cha- on this uh, network, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. It's called The Mind Twist. Uh, 
Barbara Lamb is a woman who, for the past 40 years, has been doing regression. And she started mm-hmm. off doing regression with just, she's a, a you know, full-on psychologist. And it started with just her therapy. And it just started to get deeper and deeper. And she kept taking, she, she's a curious, she has curiosity as well. So she just kept learning and learning more. And mm-hmm. the more that she regressed more people, just more people started to come with her. And she got to a point point where people who had been abducted had started to come to her. And then it progressed from there because as time went on, it started to, more things started to reveal and the different, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that are out there and who've been abducted, but all the different stories and hybrids and all of that. So she's very well informed. She's been doing this for a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of time and she's on a lot of different shows around the ne- different networks, you know. So she's very legitimate and she's very very uh knowledgeable and you know mm-hmm. um and she's uh, she's a source of information for anything that having to do with that and um so I, I, I know that uh, I wanted to send that to you just because I know that it would be, you know, something since you write a lot of science fiction, I thought it would be very interesting for you to, to like, you know, uh, get to know her. Oh, yeah, it was fascinating. And she is clearly knowledgeable and um, and honest. You know, she's very mm-hmm. forthcoming about what she's doing and how she's doing it. It is um extraordinary really mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I had not yep. I had not heard of her but I was I know more now than I did and I will certainly um, continue to follow what she's doing I am I like I said I was fascinated it was very enlightening mm-hmm. yeah so, so thank you for that by the way oh absolutely <laughs> I wanted you know it so now let's get back to you. Now, what, what's, I know you have this novel coming out, and so what's next? But what, what do you see coming up for you, you know, for the next year or so? What else is, is going on with you? Well, um, the next one, like I said, will be uh, science fiction. I am going to publish another book of poetry fairly soon, um, mm-hmm. which is called Love is Not a, Not a Bullet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh <laughs> The great title Which is <laughs> it's um from it's a line from one of the poems that is in the book uh called ammunition <clears throat> which is not is uh, my father was uh into guns and um he had some well there are a couple things that happened anyway uh, a lot of issues about all that but that's normal everybody goes to stuff like that with their parents um mm-hmm. but anyway it's also about the varying kinds of love like between a parent and a child and between siblings and friends and whatnot um also poetry about myself obviously um i this particular poem which the title is from i actually read that <clears throat> at performance poetry um i had been at some of the venues in Austin, which is well known for its performance poetry. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, I can't believe you wrote that. And I can't believe you read it out loud in public. And I thought, isn't this the point Mm -hmm. to 
to share these feelings and to have people identify them and understand that you are expressing the pain that they cannot reveal mm-hmm. and the healing that comes from doing that. And that's a positive thing. Absolutely. Um, I think so. Um, it was a, I thought it was a good thing. It, I think it touched this person and they were saying, I understand those wounds and I'm afraid mm-hmm. to show mine. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the things that validates one as a poet or a writer or an artist of any kind, I think, is when you, even just one person says, I get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I am, just, I am happy writing and um, sharing. That's all I've all, always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's so. been... It's been really wonderful to have you. Now, how do they reach you? How, if somebody wants to, uh, you know, reach out to you, um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? And by the way, everybody, I'm going to say this again. The Clairvoyance Daughter is on Amazon, you guys, and mm-hmm. it is really good. And take the time to do it. And they have, she has a download on it. She has an ebook. She has a regular book. So go to it. So, but how do they reach you? Teresa? Um, they, well, they can do it through Amazon, I think. Um, I, also, mm-hmm. I have a, a partial author page up there. Um, I have a Gmail account, which um, you know about, the Teresa JMC mm-hmm. at Gmail. That's okay. fine, too. Um, I don't have a website yet. I'm working on that, but it's not mm-hmm. quite up and running. I wanted to get, I was trying to do too many things at once, and I thought getting the books out there was more important than the website initially, so I'll work on that. Not a problem. And I, I'll is I'll I have her information by the way, her email address up on the on the link so that you guys can go if you mm-hmm. guys want to get in touch with her. And also Amazon. It's called the Clairvoyance Daughter, and it is the title of the show as well, so you can't miss it. Um, and I'll also put down the link to the Amazon in there. So you guys got it. So you guys will see it and there is no, you can't miss anything of this. So you can have, so I would love to have you back when you've got your novel out. That would be really great. The the next one. Yeah. Is that what one. you're talking about? Yeah. It's, um, it's called comes the morning of all the setting suns. Oh, interesting. Very nice. Yeah. Nice title. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would love to have you when you have that out. And uh, if there's any questions, we're going to wrap it up. So if right. just as a, as a goodbye, is there anything that you'd like to say to all of the people out there who are wanting to publish a book or who are wanting to write or who are just m- moving in that direction? What, what would you you know, what, what would you be some words for them? Um, don't give up the dream. Don't stop writing. Um, and don't be afraid to share. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So we're going <laughs> to thank you. Thank you. So you guys have everyone, you are listening to Spiritual Intelligence. We are. We had our guest, which is Teresa McGarry, 
her book is The Clairvoyant's Daughter. You can get all the information in the link. Um, and I just want to say goodbye to everyone and come on back. There's always some really good things to hear and to learn from this program. We are on iTunes. We are iHeart. We are on Amazon, on Spreaker. You can pull us up on Alexa. Uh, and, of course, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio. And thank you, Lions Radio Network, and for having us here and being on the show. And come on back again, everybody. Love to hear from you. My, you can reach me at emasumacwatkins at gmail.com. Love to hear any comments and any suggestions. So thank you again, Teresa, for being with us. And thank we look you. forward to having you on again. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been, like I said, a privilege. I very much appreciate it. All right, then, everyone. Until next week. (laughs) Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.